You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of April 15th, 2018. The podcast that does it like Sarah Lee. This is your host, Shane Killian, and returning this week is John Peterson. Welcome back, Johnny. It's good to be back. Let's psychofraculate the news of the bogus. And our main story this week is about Backpage, which was an online personal site which... As near as I can figure, was taken down because John McCain's wife didn't like it. Another morality policing incident. Wonderful. Just what we need when we're about to enter World War III. The DOJ sees the website's domain name, and now all you get when you go there is a graphic explaining that they've taken it down. The issue is that, as you get with personals, people were using it to advertise for paid sex services... And not only that, but they claimed, but couldn't support, that the site was involved in sex trafficking of minors. Disgusting. Well, I mean, they always try to do that, even when the sex workers themselves say, no, I'm doing this on my own, they try and convince them they've been trafficked, you know. But apparently what they were doing to try and get around Backpage's restrictions is posting in code... Things like apparently 100 green roses appreciated really meant I'll have sex with you for $100. And you have some really iffy ones like one advertised herself as a Latina shorty and they claimed, with zero support by the way, that shorty meant not a short person but a child. Yeah, citation needed, statists. Now at issue here is CDA section 230. CDA is the... Communications Decency Act, which is a horrible piece of legislation, except for Section 230, which is good and everything else was taken out as a free speech violation. But Section 230 says that websites cannot be held responsible for the actions of their users that they took no part in themselves. And we've talked about that quite a bit on this show and how it's something government has been trying to erode for decades. And this is already having chilling effects as a result of this seizure. Craigslist has taken down their personal sections. And what about that furry dating site? Oh, yeah, if we didn't have furry dating sites, the Internet would be in trouble. Yeah, jerk move on the statist's part. Yeah, but I mean, the point is, if the website didn't create the content and didn't encourage the content to be created, just gave them the opportunity for it, then why should they be held liable, especially if you've got a website with millions of users and no real way of policing it. I mean, why don't you go after the people who are actually breaking the law instead of making websites be an unpaid investigatory arm of law enforcement? Because then free speech would still be free speech. Yeah. Well, it really seems like this whole affair was a way to get a justification to pass SESTA, the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act, and, you know... The way these things are named, what the bill's name is, probably has nothing to do with what the bill actually does. And there are a couple of things. One, no one could point to any actual sex trafficking on Backpage. And two, Backpage was shut down without SESTA being passed. 
So how does Backpage mean that they have to pass SESTA if they were able to shut it down? And if they can do it with Backpage, what's to stop them doing it not only with Craigslist, but Facebook, Twitter, anywhere else people engage in any kind of exchange? That would be kind of screwed up if you ask me. Yeah, but I mean, if you can do one, you can do the other. And as the EFF's Elliot Harmon explains, quote, Large companies like Google and Facebook may have the budgets to survive the massive increase in litigation and liability. Small startups don't. And with the increased risk of litigation, it would be difficult for new startups ever to find the funding they need to compete with Google. Today's large Internet companies would not have grown to prominence without the protections of Section 230. Also, nothing in the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act does anything to hold sex traffickers in any way accountable. In fact, it does just the opposite, because we talked about a similar case with Silk Road. If you make them take all of this down, what you're doing is making it more difficult for law enforcement to track down the sex traffickers, because otherwise all they'd have to do is go on the back page, look around, and they'd be able to find them, and they'd be able to go to Backpage and say, hey, you know, give us the IP address and everything in this poster. But once again, government isn't attacking the problem, just the appearance of the problem. And also, like we've discussed with Silk Road, this will make things more dangerous for sex workers because they would lose the safeguards that Backpage puts in place, including the ability to pre-screen customers, and not to mention not having to go through a pimp. I mean, that's a big one, being able to do it independently without a pimp. And also, can I just say, their replacement website is really, really weird. Can we take a break from free speech issues just to laugh at these bozos? I mean, what they did was, they took a screenshot of the Backpage homepage, overlaid their own text on top, but it's not actual text, it's an image, and it's not even sized properly because there's all this weird aliasing going on and it looks like a screenshot of a wrongly sized screenshot. And I mean, the dimensions of this screenshot are bizarre. They're 792 by 575. Why? And at the bottom, you have that email address, press at usdoj.gov. It was blue and underlined like it's a link. It's not a link. You can't click on it. Well, you can, but nothing will happen. It's not a link. They just made the JPEG look that way. And even weirder. You would think, okay, well, they just replaced the homepage with a JPEG. Actually, this is an entire HTML page, but the only thing in it is the markup for the JPEG image. There's no text on it, but they put the JPEG in a paragraph tag. Why? Because there's no text, so there's no paragraph. And they even specified the Windows 1252 character set for the text that isn't there. I mean, does whoever did this know anything about how web pages work? Nope. And I just got to say the fact that it's only a graphic and no text at all. I mean, it doesn't even have an alt tag. Isn't that an accessibility issue? I don't think this complies with the Americans with Disabilities Act. Good point. And here's the part I really don't get. Before the JPEG file name is that double dot slash, meaning it's up a level, but you're already at the top level of the web page. So how does that work? And you can also see... The, the graphic is named Banner3.jpg. I looked. There's no Banner1 or Banner2. <laughs> so I don't even know what's going on there. I don't know. I just thought all of that was funny. Uh, well, it's not really funny if you're a furry. 
Yeah, it's not funny if you've lost the service, but I mean, just to put up such a ham-fisted graphic. <laughs> I mean, geez. They're trying to tell web pages how they should do business, and they can't even make one like this. But anyway. So as anyone who didn't fall for that drain-the-swamp crap expected, Trump signed the bill into law, even though not only was none of that crap about trafficking true, like I said, they didn't need SESTA to go after Backpage because they were able to take it down without it, but now, not only are sex workers put in far greater danger, this also has the chilling effects for other websites, since now they all have to be responsible for the behavior of their users. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry, this was never about Backpage or sex trafficking. It was about the government finally being able to get rid of Section 230, one of the few remaining guarantees of an open internet we had. Now, everyone is expecting this to be challenged, and especially the Retroactivity Clause, which is a blatant violation of the Constitution's ex post facto prohibition, and hopefully the First Amendment will triumph over the rest as it did over the non-230 parts of the CDA 20 years ago. Here's hoping indeed, Shane. Here's hoping indeed. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling? Or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash tuttletwins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Twins. Where we're going, Johnny, we don't need roads. Not if we can take an Uber plane. But if the FAA has their way, we won't be able to do it. The FAA being a bunch of censor-worthy idiots? <laughs> Who in their right mind doesn't see that coming? And this is the peculiar kind of idiocy we keep seeing with government protectionism. Private pilots for decades have used bulletin boards at airports to advertise trips that they've planned in case anyone wants to come along and share the cost of the flight because doing your own flight to somewhere is really expensive. But... If you take that same exact activity and move it online, all of it's illegal because they have to be regulated as, survey says, common carriers. Yeah, I'm going to take things status use to regain control of their own power for 200, Alex. And that means that these pilots would have to go through all of the additional licensing and certification to become a commercial airline pilot. So one app they declared illegal was called Flight Now, and they took the FAA to court to try to overturn it, but the Supreme Court declined to hear the case, meaning that all such activity continues to be illegal. Now, 
Understand, these don't even work like Uber, where you have a central company getting a cut. They're just bulletin boards where pilots can post their flights and see if anyone else wants to come along. And like the personals we talked about in the last story, doing it this way instead of the regular bulletin boards can make it safer through transparency and vetting of both pilots and passengers. And I thought psychotic Build-A-Bear rejects are the only thing to worry about in the skies. So, to his credit, Senator Mike Lee has introduced the Aviation Empowerment Act, which, at the very least, would allow flight sharing for the purpose of cost splitting, although it would still keep it illegal to make those nasty profits. That's a jerk move, even for the people. Well, I mean, this we just keep seeing this over and over again. I brought this up several times in the podcast. You have something that is absolutely perfectly legal, and no one questions the safety of it or anything else, then all you do is you do it for money and you make a profit, and all of a sudden, oh, you need to be licensed, and you need to do all these other things and jump through all these hoops and all this bureaucracy. I mean, come on, this isn't about safety or anything. It's about protectionism for the airline companies. And by the way, there are other services like Wingly that are in operation in Europe and other countries where it's actually legal to make a profit offering a completely legal service. And also throughout Africa and South America, you can purchase flights from bush pilots. So maybe someday we'll have a market as free as the third world. Yeah, this has nothing to do with public safety, but then it never does. It's about restraint of trade and nothing else. It's actually quite sad when you think about it. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.bogosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. So we've talked before about the dangers of buying organic, basically the opposite of what the pro-organic nuts tell you. They do use fertilizer and pesticides, much more dangerous ones that lead you to having a far greater chance of infection with organic than traditional or especially GMO produce. So to drive this point home from Stefan Neidenbach comes the 12 organic products to avoid in 2018. Here's a quick rundown. Organic milk from Pella Farms was improperly pasteurized, leading to listeria and salmonella infections. And remember, you can have this problem with raw milk, too. Organic flour from King Arthur, organic coconut from Natural Grocers, and tarragon from Spicely Organics had to be recalled after they tested positive for salmonella. Dude, as someone who had stomach flu, I wholeheartedly agree with this stuffing cat. Organic granola from New England Natural Bakers, Nature's Touch Organic Green Beans, Nature's Promise Organic Trail Mix, Our Local Bounty Organic Pesto, Organic Cherries from Sunrise Growers, and Organic Oats from Garden of Light 
all had to be recalled due to listeria contamination. Wow. And, get this, organic chicken from Overhill Farms had to be recalled because they were contaminated with extraneous materials, specifically bone fragments, that could cause serious health issues or even death. That kind of actually makes sense for the man. On top of all of that, you have the first ever mandatory FDA recall, and this was of several Kratom-based products from Triangle Pharmaceuticals contaminated with Salmonella. Triangle had refused to recall the products on their own, even though their products were linked to 28 people getting Salmonella infections, 11 of whom had to be hospitalized. That's rough. Yeah. So once again, if you buy organic food thinking it's safer, you're seriously deluding yourself. And you are a useful idiot that needs to be ignored to sweet. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now let's deanimate this week's biggest bogun emitter. And this week it goes to London Mayor Sadiq Khan. And you know how the gun grabbers keep saying we're paranoid? They don't want to ban all guns and they certainly won't move on to knives. The slippery slope is a fallacy, all that crap. Well, in addition to all the other times we've shown that's exactly what they'll do, add one more to the pile. Yes, Mayor Khan wants knife control. <laughs> We've talked about how the homicide rate and violent crime rates really aren't lower in the UK. It's just a function of how they're counted. But all that gun control, keeping guns out of the hands of people, even though it largely hasn't, has also resorted in more and more criminals using knives, and knife homicides in London are on the rise. And I mean, guess what? You ban guns, you disarm the public, people start killing each other with knives. And when you ban knives, people find something else to kill with. Or at some point, you're going to have to try and ban bare fists. Like that's ever going to happen. And despite all the protestations of gun control nut bars that they won't be coming for knives next, that's exactly what Khan says they'll do. He tweeted, quote, No excuses. There is never a reason to carry a knife. Anyone who does will be caught, and they will feel the full force of the law. Mm. And he also included a link. And in that link, it says, quote, The widely shared London Needs You Alive campaign 
brings together role models and youth influencers to send a positive message to young people that they shouldn't put their lives at risk by carrying a knife. Yeah, because knives like guns will just spontaneously kill you on their own without anyone having to do anything. Two words. Citation needed. Hey, here's an idea. Allow citizens to carry guns for self-defense, and then we'll see what happens to this knife violence. I mean, ever heard the expression, never bring a knife to a gunfight? I don't think Sadiq Khan has ever heard anything that goes against his precious Quran. And also, Sadiq, you're also grave-standing on the dead in your city due to all the terrorist attacks that have been happening recently. You ever thought about that? Hey, uh, I've got an idea. Maybe if you focused on catching real criminals instead of worrying about what inanimate objects citizens were carrying, you might make some headway. But as it is before too long, you might just be hearing this all over London. I say, jolly good news, darling. We've passed our background check. The waiter can bring us our steak knives now. Also, last time I checked, 1984 is a warning, not... A instructional guide. So all of that makes Mayor Sadiq Khan this week's biggest bug on emitter. If you're going to shop online, use our special links to shop at Amazon. Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.pagosity.tv and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. If you haven't used the mobile app in the last 12 months, or even at all, go to get5.bogosity.tv on your phone or tablet and get $5 off your order of $10 or more. Go to prime.bogosity.tv for a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes, borrow Kindle books, and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. And speaking of Kindle, go to kindle.bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited, read over one million books, and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. You can go to music.bogosity.tv and get a free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited with access to Amazon's entire library of 10 million songs, ad-free and with unlimited skips, and even download to listen offline. All great ways to help this podcast simply by shopping at Amazon. And now it's punishment time for this week's And this week we're still across the pond as we see London protesters mourning the death of a criminal who was killed by the elderly homeowner he tried to rob. With a screwdriver, no less. Career criminal Henry Vincent, wielding a screwdriver, broke into the home of 78-year-old Richard Osborne Brooks, who defended himself, his wife, and his home by stabbing Vincent, who ran off and collapsed in the street. He died later in the hospital. Brooks had said, quote, We're very fortunate, obviously, that I'm a strong guy and that we have a big dog and good CCTV. Not everyone has that, and I feel sorry for the pensioner and any other elderly people targeted by these guys. Who knows what could have happened if we hadn't been there in the house or if my wife had been here on her own. We keep saying it could all have ended very differently for us. I mean, of course, if they'd been allowed to keep a gun to defend their home... Then all of this wouldn't have happened. Maybe not. I mean, guns are an equalizer. That's what people don't understand. Take away guns, and it's just 
the biggest, meanest animals walking all over whoever they can, the elderly or whoever. True that. But of course, this being England, Brooks was arrested on suspicion of murder. Oh, goody. But even the Crown prosecutors could see how ridiculous that was and decided not to charge him. Well, that's good. At least there's a silver lining. But not so his fellow Londoners. Although his neighbors and other Hither Green residents supported him fully, others who don't live anywhere near there have sent Brooks death threats and other harassing and threatening behavior to the point where Brooks and his wife have had to stay under police protection and they've put up their home for sale so they can move elsewhere. Ooh, that's rough. Meanwhile, protesters have put up a shrine to the memory of the dead murderous criminal. Flowers, cars, and balloons adorned the fence of this innocent man's former home that they drove him out of. One of the cards says Vincent was loved by everyone you came across. Uh, I think his victims might be an exception to that. Yeah. Mourners refused to respond to questions from reporters. So that night, the shrine was torn down by angry neighbors, one of whom filmed himself doing it and put it on Facebook, and as a result, received both threats and racial slurs against him. Oof. Jerk move, if you ask me. Another neighbor said, That should not be there. It is someone's fence. It's all a bit over the top. It's out of order. The man should not have burgled the property in the first place. And other neighbors have expressed similar sentiments in support and said how terrible it was that the couple could never move back home. So the neighbors also had to remove a second shrine when protesters put it up again, and they promised to tear down any future shrines the protesters might put up. Now, I get that this was a tragedy for the people who knew Vincent as well as the homeowner, but why build a shrine for the man responsible for the tragedy, in other words, Vincent himself? So all that makes the British protesters this week's Idiot Extraordinary! Well, that wraps up this Have You Rehabilitated Yourself? edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv or discord.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate using the links on the website or the QR codes in the thumbnail or support Shane DK on Patreon or Maker Support to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and without ads or promos. Thank you for listening, and thanks to John Peterson for joining me. You're welcome, man. Until next time, here's a quote from L. Neal Smith. Painful as it may be to hear it, there's nothing special about the people of this country that sets them apart from the other people of the world. It is the Bill of Rights, and only the Bill of Rights, that keeps us from becoming the world's biggest banana republic. The moment we forget that, the American dream is over. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity. Want answers to creationist claims against evolution? Would you like to know more about evolution yourself, or even engage creationists more directly, with actual peer-reviewed sources to back you up? My book, How Evolution is Scientific, is designed to show the basics of evolutionary theory and how it is so well supported using the scientific method. 
It's impeccably sourced, with references to the actual scientific material, and is arranged using the creationists' own criteria of what is scientific. Using their own arguments against them, see how evolution is scientific, but creationism is not. Based on observations, accurate predictions, logic, and evidence. Get answers to common creationist claims, and even a primer on abiogenesis, the start of all life. It's all in my book, How Evolution is Scientific, available at Amazon and on Kindle, EPUB, and PDF as well. Get How Evolution is Scientific and never be taken in by creationists again.